0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent, documentary, and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. (sighs) Um, Eve is a catastrophe, uh, low on self-esteem and high on fantasy, especially when it comes to music. Over the course of one Glasgow summer, she meets two similarly rootless souls, Posh Cass and Fastidious James, and together they form a pop group. In God Help the Girl, writer-director Stuart Murdoch creates a poignant coming-of-age story that doubles as a sublime indie musical from one of indie pop's biggest songwriters. And with that, I will introduce to uh, the audience uh, the writer and director of God Help the Girl. That would be Stuart Murdoch. Stuart, welcome to Film School.
1: Hi, it's nice to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I really, truly enjoyed your film, uh, and I, I let's first start with some of the basics here. Where did the uh, idea for "God Help the Girl" come from um, and go from there? Just how did you get the idea for this?
1: Uh, well first off, it was um, it, I had the title track. I, I was out for a run in in England uh, when I was on tour with my band, and this is a long time ago. And uh, suddenly, I heard music in my head, and, and it was a complete song. But it wasn't like um, it wasn't a song that I was singing. It was a female voice, and so I wrote that song. And then I I, I wrote a few more songs for the same singer, if you will. And uh, and then shortly afterwards, I thought, well, you know, this 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 feels like it could go somewhere. It feels like a a character. Uh, maybe I should try and write a narrative around this character and and flesh it out. And um. Suddenly, I'm into the realm of a of a whole musical feature film.
0: Okay. Now, this what this was over a period of time. What, give us a, sort of an idea of the time frame you were you were um, considering all of this and writing these songs.
1: Yeah. Well, it was 2003, end of 2003. I first got the spark of ideas, and then I wrote a bunch of songs. I didn't get a chance to sit down and, and write this, start the screenplay until 2006 because I've been so busy with the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but um that that you know, I had fun doing that. And then it took me a while to get the script together and I edited it with a, with my producer Barry Mendel who got in touch and and um yeah, we just went from there.
0: Now I, I just realized I neglected to say you're with the band Bell and Sebastian. I, I I did the whole I did the intro and didn't mention that and I so Stewart uh, Stuart is uh I one of the, well, the lead singer and writer, primary writers for the band, Mel and Sebastian. So you're working with the band, you're on tour. Uh, you were, in, what were you, uh, what album were you in um, touring for? Was that uh, Boy With The Abstract? Um, that was actually,
1: that, that's actually way back in oh. Dear Catastrophe Waitress. And then Wait, and then okay. shortly afterwards, we wrote and recorded a, an LP called The Life Pursuit. And, but okay. it was at that time uh, that I was putting songs, different songs aside for God Help The Girl.
0: Okay. So... What was the sort of the, the you're and you're writing this, the 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 screenplay for this as well? So you're putting together uh, songs and you're writing kind of scenarios and putting it into a, a screenplay for all of this and developing characters. Uh, was there a moment in writing the screenplay and this and you accumulated a number of songs in this process that you said I'm ready to approach someone? You had to get s- some help, I'm sure, to get this uh, project off the ground. Was there a moment when you did you run it by someone? How did that sort of, what was it, that sort of moment in your uh, development of this that, that you felt like, I'm ready?
1: Um, well, it wasn't so much running past somebody. It was, uh, it, with, a, with a project like this, it seemed to be guided by fate um, along the way. I just I, I never had to stop for a minute to think what I was doing. I just did it. Mm. And then it just so happened that um, around that time, around the end of two thousand five uh, well, no, 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 it was maybe around about two thousand and six, two thousand and seven that, that Barry Mendel. He, I think, he got wind of the of that I was doing something mm. um, from the Bell and Sebastian website, but he got in touch, just sent an email, and uh, he seemed to be the ideal character to collaborate with.
0: Now, yeah, Barry had one of his one, one of his great films that he's been a part of production of it was uh, Rushmore, which is just an incredible film. uh, uh so when you. When you realized that he was interested, it sounds like that might have been you know the the sort of the uh, a huge point in this in this uh, project.
1: Sure, absolutely, yeah. it was it was it was one of the very few key moments where you know where something came together.
0: So what what was his take? What what, what was his bit of advice moving forward for, at at that point? Did you?
1: Well, well, he likes to. I mean, he said many times he likes working with first time directors, mm-hmm. and he was. He was hands off in a in a good way that you know he would like to uh, encourage utmost creativity and and taking it in any direction and and doing something new. But at the same time he would um, he would always have advice on the shape of the script. Mm-hmm. That that's probably what I needed the most help with. Obviously I was I was okay with the with the music. I was fine with that. But um, he you know he helped me shape the script because the script was really a loose collection of conversations, and we were trying to put it into some sort of shape and trying to in- inject a narrative.
0: Yeah, and let, let's let's back up. And first of all, let me remind our listeners that we're speaking with Stuart Murdoch. He's uh, the writer and director of the film uh, God Help the Girl. comes out today, uh, September uh, 5th here in Los Angeles, and I'm sure rolling out across the country and probably around the world. Has this film already been released in, in England? Just
1: only... Just about ten days ago or so mm-hmm. uh, we we had a premiere in in Edinburgh at the Edinburgh Festival where our band played and it we kind of broadcast by satellite around britain to to various cinemas but then so we're we're only just a week or so behind in, in the states okay. and then the the film's kind of going to roll out slowly after that you know in in, in France and Spain and Japan
0: now the style of this is very much. Uh, and I, as I would refer to, uh, God help the girl. Is it's a film that wears all of its emotions very much on its sleeve. It's it's right out in front. Um, it is a coming of age film about these three uh, young uh, people, uh, Cassie, Eve, and James, who are really trying to find themselves. And Eve is going through what appears to be very trying time in her life and we're not uh, there's some vague references to some of the issues that she's dealing with but she's coming out of a very difficult time and and uh, it is what I live what I loved about your film is uh, the kind of honesty in the interaction between these three characters but also the the, using the music in order to convey much more nuance in all of the things that they're feeling i just thought that was a nice blend the dialogue you get sort of set up with the dialogue and then the music really kind of fleshes it out um was that your intent
1: um yeah i think that's the i think that is the intent of of a musical to you know when you go into a song it's a we are suspending reality for a second, and it, it's a chance for the characters to say what they wouldn't normally say in yeah. in real life, and to 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 lift the emotions and and to maybe add a few thrills along the way. I mean, that's to me, that's you know, what's the point of doing a musical if you can't if you can't try to you know have a, a joyful sort of thrilling feeling at some point?
0: Yeah. What well, What was it about uh, the the uh, now the cast is is terrific. I want to acknowledge uh, the people in this film, uh, Emily Browning. Who we'd know from uh, Sleeping Beauty and Sucker Punch, she's terrific in it, as well as Ollie Alexander, who was in Lay Weekend. This is a more recent film, and then Hannah Murray is also from Game of Thrones and Skins. We know her from those films. Um, were you how involved in this in the casting of the film? Were you?
1: Um, I was completely involved in the casting. I mean, I think I think you let like, your listeners know. I mean, when you when you've written and directed a film, there's no area in which you don't get deeply involved, in. and. Yeah. It's just going to take over your life, um, and the casting did, in fact, take over my life for for a while. It was Barry always said it was such an important thing, and and I underestimated it. And I worked with a great casting director, but it was almost it was like an apprenticeship for me while we were casting, because not only was I dealing with actors for the first time, I was hearing my words spoken for the first time, mm. and we would work we would workshop scenes with the with the with the actors as well, with you know, even before they got the part, I would get a load of people together in extended auditions. So it was great for me as well as you know. Well, I, it was nice of them to do that.
0: Yeah. What is that? Okay. I've talked to a lot of first-time directors, and I, I, I don't know if I've asked this question before. The first time is this a, is it is it a, a table reading or is it in a in a in an actual rehearsal? The first time you heard your words spoken in a in a extended period of time, a, a, re, a, a scene or two, what was your rea- what are you internalizing, what is your process, what are you processing when you hear this the first time written or, or, or said by, uh, spoken by by actors, what, what, what was going in your mind at that time?
1: Um, well, I think to be quite frank with you, um, you think, oh my god, this is terrible, what have I done, um, what did I think I could possibly bring to this medium? I'm out, completely out of my depth here. This, you know, and and then you go from there to uh, you get to a position where you're like, well, maybe, maybe this is going to work. Just maybe if I completely rewrite everything and 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 I find great, you know, the great people to match the characters, then just maybe. It's a start.
0: Well, well, well. Let me ask you then: the first time you heard your words spoken, was it by this cast, or was it by pe- people that were not uh, in the cast at the time? I... Oh,
1: certainly by people who were not in the cast okay. because we got went through. We, we saw hundreds of people for each of
0: the. Parts. Oh, I see. Okay, so in the but okay, so now you've got Emily Browning, you've got Ollie Alexander, and you've got Hannah Murray. And now, when you're hearing it spoken, it did it did it. Or what did it fit into your, you know, this process? How much did that change in terms of hearing them as, as real actors out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We we saw lots and lots of great actors, but the the key thing is you put in all this work to find the right people for yeah. the part, and it, it's a hand in a glove. That's what you're looking for.
0: Yeah.
1: And and with these guys individually, first one we found was James. He was so unlike any other Jameses, all he was, and... And he was the first guy I just thought, and we as soon as we saw him, I saw his audition online, and um, we just grabbed him immediately because that he was you know he was like the the keystone, the first person, and then we built the other the, the cast around him, yeah. um so he just handled the word so well, he obviously just was the character, it was so easy for him and and um and I remember eventually you know this is only two weeks out of filming uh, eventually we we got. Ollie on the screen with with Emily, who I think was in London or Australia or somewhere, and the two of them were on the Skype at the same time uh, with a split screen and i I saw the little rapport that they had between them, and it was a gentle thing mm-hmm. and and you know and I just thought, well, that's it. <laughs>
0: Well it it and that's that's I'm glad you said it that way because that is how it comes across on screen that's what the film is like these are young people I think there's a a tendency sometimes to think of films about young people You see them through kind of a jaded perspective of someone who's older and and uh what I again truly appreciate about God help the girl is that they're not these are these are kids trying to figure it out trying to sort it out in varying degrees of success but they all they're all trying, and I think that's the thing that you you know about youth and about your film is that you can see them trying to figure these things out, and uh, and it's a very genteel film as well. I, I again another thing about it is uh, it's all very a very loving film uh, in that regard. And um, congratulations. I mean, I, I just I really appreciate that about about these kind of films uh, that they're made this way. So.
1: Oh, great! No, thanks. I mean, it's not—it's not for everyone. I remember showing it in the early days, an early edit. We showed it in London in a screening room, and it was mostly older guys that were watching it. And as you say, the, the, I think it is quite truthful. This is what you know—young people were like. This is what we were like, and we mm. talked about our feelings. But in a sense, to to the adult world, these kids are whining. You know, mm. these—they might be trying to work it out, but they—you uh, know—to some people, it comes across as whining, and they can't understand what their problems are. But I think it's—we're just trying to be honest.
0: Yeah, and I—I I, and my response to them is get over yourself. I mean, what, what, <laughs> what? Really? I mean, truly. That's you know, because you, you read about you know, certain reviews, you read and you think we didn't watch the same movie you you are <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. watching a film uh, and uh, there's you know there's a very different perspective and but i yeah. think you always have to try and put yourself in that's one of the great things about film you put yourself in in, sure. in in that space and 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 you you go with it because i think that's the uh, that's what you owe the artist who's putting this film together is you owe it to him to try and put yourself in the place that he is he or she has placed you in and um so now, um, the, the film had, uh, you know, getting financing for a film like this is always tough, especially first-time director, even though you have a, cert- you have a profile of certain people, re- it would certainly respect your profile as a musician, but here you are venturing into the world of film. Tell me a little bit about raising the money, um, the difference in sort of the perspective of, of music and film, how that it may have played into a little bit about the perceptions what about getting the film off the ground in that regard
1: well uh, in in some regards, we were very lucky and fortunate, of course, to raise the money to make the film in the first place, but I must admit to you, it was way harder than I thought it was going to be um, i I think maybe something to do with the fact that around right about we we started looking for money around two thousand and eight when oh. the economy went into yeah. a dive and and certain agencies in in Britain you know funding agencies went out of business, and they you know the first thing to go in in that sort of crisis is is the arts yeah
0: um
1: so we were really treading the streets of london we didn't have we didn't have a, a film company behind us um we were we were going round the doors, we were chapping on the door of the b b c and film four and and Sky the broadcaster mm-hmm. and trying to get money, and nobody was nobody was interested.
0: So you went what route? You, you took another route.
1: Yeah, we right. took another route. Well, we 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 had the constituency of the Bell & Sebastian fan base yeah. to yeah. call upon, which we did. I don't do that lightly. Um, we, I think initially we actually put a little call out, and, and immediately we had a, a couple of investors come forward, and they stayed with us through the course. And, and, and then also we decided to do a Kickstarter scheme, which was a way of of sort of harvesting the 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 balance of acting goodwill and um, and th- this worked very well for us and people came forward and they gave small amounts and they gave larger amounts and it all went in a pot and and this really got us going
0: yeah now you also you recorded an album and you toured behind it am, am I got that right um, how did the
1: sure 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 well somewhere along the somewhere along the, the the, the way I decided that the songs were ready to be recorded regardless of the readiness of the film. And I thought it was a good idea. It was like a step stone. It was like, almost like making a base camp. I'm going to make this record. Um, we're we're going to record it with the, with the singers that I have around just now. Um, and also we will be able to use these recordings in the film. So we're not wasting anything. Yeah. This is us actually starting to make the film, but we're going to put this record out. So that's what we did.
0: Yeah and it, yeah again uh, the quality of the music is terrific and uh, and anyone familiar with uh, the work of Bell and Sebastian will will immediately relate and un, and appreciate the music in in the film. Um now are you are you in the states now I'm I'm not sure where I'm talking to you from.
1: I'm in I'm in Los Angeles. I just okay. I'm next to Runyon Canyon. I just did oh. my morning yoga.
0: Okay good for you. Excellent. Yeah. Is it are you doing heated yoga or are you doing regular yoga?
1: No, this is yoga in the park. It's really oh, in the park. Oh, I'm yoga. Sorry. Okay, it's um, it's wonderful.
0: Oh yeah, I'll, oh right over or the cliffs there and in Santa Monica.
1: Um, yeah, is just that... in the, no no in, in um just in Hollywood. Uh, oh, there's Hollywood. A, there's okay. a park called Runyon Canyon, and oh. they they have the. They have like a little community yoga every morning.
0: Very nice, very very nice. Well, uh, are you going to be anywhere uh, supporting the film uh, for the opening tonight, or are are you going to sneak into the back of a theater somewhere? How's this going to work? I think
1: I, I am. I am. I mean, we showed it last night at, at USC at the film school, and and um, we got a nice, you know, we had a nice question and answer. Session afterwards with okay. the students, which was interesting. So tonight we are. I'll certainly be at a screening. I think we're doing a Q and A after that as well. Okay. Um, I wish. <laughs> I wish I could remember which uh, cinema it was. I'm usually the worst person to ask. I'll oh, we'll po- Go where?
0: I'll find out. We'll post it on the website. So this will be posted yeah. but before before all that happens tonight. Uh, and um, I, I again, I mean, it's it's a great film, uh, and re- and I would reference uh, it to. Uh, if there's someone listening who's a little bit older uh georgie girl reminds me of a film like georgie girl there's a lot of uh, uh spontaneity in the in in the way you break into film and it, it just it's very it's just a it's such a uplifting film in in that regard i mean in terms of just honest kids doing what kids do when in in uh, in the process of growing up and um Congratulations, really seriously, on on this film. And are you, any given what you, this experience has been for you? Are you looking at at another film project?
1: Um, I would love to make another film at some point. I, I'll probably wait until a, a good idea comes along and, and sweeps me away again. Yeah, um
0: yeah.
1: I, I'm back. I'm back working with the band full time now.
0: Are you? Uh, you're working on a new record then? Sounds like.
1: Well, we made a new record already. We recorded it in the spring, and so. Um it'll come out in January, I think
0: okay, and then you'll be probably back out on the road so excellent sure, well uh, well i'm i'm i'm'm gonna as soon as I find out, I will let our listeners know uh, where you'll be tonight. I know you were at CineFamily family the other night. How did that go? That was
1: oh, it was great, that was great, and then it was a it was a special screening for the kickstarters the people that helped to fund the record, so I gotta meet everybody and say hello.
0: You know, I I just love that theater. They do such a great job. Uh, for uh, people who love movies, CineFamily Family is just a terrific uh, place to go. So, uh, never. Uh, that's yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you were able to do that. I'm glad you're able to do it for that audience. Uh, that sounds great. Sure. Well, well, thank you so much for being a part of, of Film School again. Uh, the film is God Help the Girl, and the the director writer casting a director to some extent as well. Just a wonderful film. Uh, Stuart Murdoch, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure.
0: Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Caspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.